All right, we're so glad you guys are here with us. Summer has started, lots of people taking trips and vacations, and so we're glad that you took some time to spend with us. Or if you're watching this online at the beach or wherever you may be, or listening later on the podcast, we're glad you're tuning in as well. Stop by the food truck on the way. Uh, it sa- I haven't had one, but it sounds amazing. It's pizza in a cone. You can eat it like ice cream, but it's pizza. And so how could that be bad? They have turkey ribs. They have all kinds of wings and stuff like that out there as well. So make sure and stop by and grab something on your way out. Uh, camp is coming up. I leave from middle school camp. I'll spend a week with middle schoolers next week. If you haven't signed up for your kid to go to middle school camp at White Mills, do it. I'll be down there teaching all the lessons. And then a month from now is beach camp. We are super excited about that because I get to go and it's at the beach and I'll be teaching the lessons there for that week for all the students as well. So make sure and sign up uh, if you have not. Now, I love summer. It's my favorite season. I want to move somewhere where it's summer all the time, not here. And uh, so one day I'll end up at the beach and I'll just I'll leave you guys so fast and I'll end up there and I can't wait. But I love summer. I love road trips. My wife is a counselor at a school. So summer she gets off and so we take lots of day trips and we explore Kentucky. You should explore Kentucky if you never have. We'll go to the lake. We, we love vacations in my family. Uh, my kids think that going to a hotel is a vacation, so it's a cheap vacation sometimes, but they love it. We love going places. I love to go to new places. Um, I love to explore. I love to travel. Um, I like to go to familiar places as well um, where I kind of know where everything is. I know where the restaurants that I like are. Um, and so I love to go on trips. And I hope that you guys get some time this summer to go on trips. I know lots of people have already started those um, as well. But I hope you get to take a trip, a vacation, whatever it is this summer. But anytime you go on a trip, and we're going to be talking about this idea of destinations and, and taking trips all month long, um, the most important thing before you start a trip, is to know where you're going, right? And so what you need is you need some directions. You need to know how to get to where you want to go. So back in the day, the way that they did this was through maps. You remember those maps that you would unfold? You can still find those every once in a while. And so you unfold this giant map and you're in the car and your parents are arguing because they can't read the map, right? And so everybody's yelling at each other because we don't know where we're going. Um, And then it got even better. My parents were big believers in AAA. You remember AAA? And so they had these things called triptychs. You remember triptychs? And so it's like this little, you go in, you tell them where you're going. They mark it on there. They highlight a little path for you, tell you where to stop and get gas, do all this stuff. And you just kind of flip through it as you go. And so we, we kind of evolved from maps to triptychs. Then along came one of the greatest things. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you guys remember MapQuest? Remember MapQuest? You would type in where you're going to go. Then you would print out these things. And you have these little printouts that you were going. Um, I was a delivery guy for, for years. And so every time I'd go, they'd, they'd print out these MapQuest things. And they'd have stacks of them in, in my passenger seat. And so I remember MapQuest. And then came what we thought is good as it's ever going to get, the Garmin. Do you guys remember the Garmin? These bricks of things that you would, you would hang on your dashboard, that little suction cup you could put up to your window. The problem with Garmin's were you had to update them, right? And we were all too cheap to update them, right? And the maps were like $100 to update them. And so you get this Garmin and you get this route and either the street doesn't exist there or it doesn't exist anymore. And so it became this, this big problem if you had it and you didn't update it. And then came the smartphone. And the smartphone changed everything because if you get lost with a smartphone, it's because you're dumb, right? It's your (laughs) fault, right? Because it will tell you exactly where you need to go. It'll reroute you. 
And then now, like, I don't know if you guys, I have a, a vehicle now. I don't even have to, like, type anything on my phone. I hit a button on, on my, my steering wheel or, and I just say, Siri, take me to, and then all of a sudden she tells me where to go. And so we have evolved when it comes to destinations, when it comes to trips and directions. Now, even with all of that, let's be honest, we all know people that still get lost, right? And some people are prone to get lost. Um, one of those people that I know really well that is prone to get lost um, is my wife. And I love her dearly, but she gets lost so many times. Uh, I've shared the story about our honeymoon, her getting lost. There's a great story about us going to Disney World and her getting lost. Um, and I'll tell you that sometime when you have a couple hours. Um, and so uh, we do that. But she gets lost, and she gets lost driving places um, all the time. And, and it took me a long time because I used to get really frustrated with her about this. But here's what I've realized after 15 years. Um, number one, people who tend to get lost, and maybe you're one of those people that tend to get lost from time to time, here's what you have to understand about those people. They don't get lost on purpose, right? You know that, right? And it took me a while because I used to think like, are you doing this on purpose? Like, are you getting lost on purpose? But they're not, okay? They're, they're not getting lost on purpose. In fact, it's difficult to get lost on purpose, okay? And, and so the reality is, is we have to remember people that get lost, nobody intends to get lost. It just happens sometimes. The second thing we have to realize is this. When you are lost, you are often lost long before you realize you're lost. Do you know that? Like, it, it usually, you, you're pretty far down the trail before you realize you actually don't know where you are, okay? And, and so we have to understand that. A lot of times when we're lost, there were signs along the way that maybe we should have paid attention to or, or, or done, but often what happens is we don't know we're lost until we're really lost, okay? And then we have to stop or guys don't stop or, you know, whatever you do to get unlost. The, the next thing you have to know about this is when it comes to driving or going on a trail, and I've gotten lost before. I don't want to blame my wife. There's a story, there's a couple stories of me getting lost on runs. Um, I'll tell you sometime if you want to know them. Um, that my wife was really mad at me. And, uh, and so anyway, um, the last thing you need to know is that when you're on a road, when you're on a path, okay, that road or path will always take you where it's headed, not where you want to go. Does that make sense? It's predictable, a road or a path will always take you where it's headed, not necessarily where you want to go, okay? It's predictable. Now, it's obvious when it comes to driving, but it's not always obvious when it comes to living. And so just like physical paths or physical highways or roads, they all have predictable outcomes if we understand how they work, um, but the same happens in life. But we all need directions sometimes and we need to check them from time to time when we're on a trip, not only on a real physical trip going somewhere, but also in life. One of my favorite places that I love to visit um, is the beach, as I've said, I've, I've told you guys many times, but one of my favorite beaches um, is kind of the Fort Walton Destin area, if you've ever been down there. And, and my, my, uh, my, my wife's parents, or my wife's parents, um, when they, uh, we got married, they had a condo down there. So we would go down there all the time, several times a year. My wife was a teacher. So like we'd go down there, like if she had a long weekend, we'd just drive to Florida, spend the weekend down there. And it was awesome. And we still love to go down there and to visit. Now, if you're familiar with that part of the country, what you know is from here where we live, 
what you need to do if you want to get down to Destin, Florida or Panama City or along, I know a lot of people go to, what's the Alabama one? Um, We don't go to Alabama. We don't mess with that state. But, uh, you know, uh, you're at that area. So, you know, you get on 65, okay? Now, if I got my family together and we're going on a trip and we get all of our stuff together, we throw it in the back of my truck, we get all the sunscreen, the food, the drinks, the bathing suits, the clothes that we're going to wear when we go out to eat, you know, all of that stuff, we load it all up into the back of my truck and we go to get on the road and we get on 65 North, okay? It doesn't matter how much I intended to get to Florida. If I get on the road and go that way, go north, I will never end up where I wanted to go. It is not your intention, it's the direction. So if I get on 65 north, I'm trying to go to Florida, eventually what's going to happen, hopefully I'd realize this before then, a few hours into the trip, I'm going to get to this weird part of 65 where there are all these weird windmills. Have you guys seen that? (laughs) Miles and miles of windmills, okay? And at that point, hopefully it dawns on me, I don't think we're going the right way. And then eventually you will hit water, but it's not the water that you had intended, Okay, And so no matter how much you you want to intend to go somewhere, it's always the direction that determines your destination. And that's true when we drive, but it's also true in life. So let me say it this way. It's true financially. It's true professionally. It's true relationally. It's true morally and spiritually. It's the direction that you're headed, not your intentions, okay? And so let's kind of talk about this in, in, in practical details, okay? The direction you're moving in financially will determine your destination financially. It doesn't matter how much you intended to do a different direction. Whatever direction you're moving in financially right now, you're going to continue to move in that direction and end up at a destination at some point. The same way with the direction you're moving in as a parent, the way you relate to your kids, It doesn't matter what you intend. It's the direction you're moving, the direction that your marriage is moving. It doesn't matter how much you intend to have this. It's about the direction, right? And here's the thing. We all have ideas of where we'd like to end up. So if I was to sit down with you over some coffee and say, hey, financially, where do you want to end up in like five to 10 years? Or, or, or maybe I'd say like professionally, like where do you want to end up in five to 10 years? And some of you, it's relationally. If you're dating somebody or if you're married or you have a family or you'd like to start a family, where would you like to go in five to 10 years? The reality is more than likely you have an idea. You have a general idea of where you'd like to end. And that is where the disconnect that we're going to talk about today starts. Because often there is a disconnect between what we intend and the direction that we're actually headed that will end up at a different destination. Direction trumps intention every single time. For example, some of you ladies, maybe if you're single or you know a single lady or you're watching this or listening to this later, um, you have in your mind that one day you'd like to end up with a great guy. You know, a mature guy, a guy that has principles and values who will treat you well. That's who you'd like to end up with. But you decide that in the meantime, I'll just go out with whoever asks me out as long as they're cute, right? You intend to end up somewhere, but the direction you're headed may take you somewhere else. 
or dads. Maybe you say that, you know, you want your family to be close. You want to have a good relationship with your kids because maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your dad or he wasn't around. And, and so your intention is that one day you're going to have a great relationship with your kids. And when they're older, and here's a lesson for you, we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Did you realize that when your kids get older, if they don't want to be around you, they don't have to be? They can choose not to, but you want your kids to be close with you even as they get older. And so you say, this is what I want. This is my intentions. But in the meantime, I'm going to work all the time. And when I'm not at work, I'm going to be at the golf course or at the lake, right, fishing by myself. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to take every opportunity that comes my way. I know it's going to kill our family time, but you intended to be here, but the direction that you're actually going is a different way. Or maybe you're a grandparent and you say like, you know what, I want to live a long time. I want to have a relationship with my grandkids and my great grandkids. And so that's what you intend. But in the meantime, I'm going to eat as much as I want and drink as much as I want. And I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to take the medicine I'm supposed to take. Okay, you may intend one thing, but the direction you're living is taking you another way. Or maybe for some of us, and this is an American problem, you say, we want to be debt-free. I don't want to have a house payment. I don't want to have a car payment. I don't want to have credit card debt. But in the meantime, you're like, well, they did just come out with that new grill that I'd really like. Or a, a boat sounds really good. Or a camper sounds really good. Or a new house sounds really good. And, and so you intend, but then you live in a different direction. Or maybe this one. So most we say, well, I want my kids to have a good relationship with God or to know who God is. And I was raised in church. And so I want my kids to be raised in church, to at least have a foundation of faith. And that way, one day they can decide whether they want to follow this path or not. And so you intend to set them up for that. But when things settle down, we'll make church a priority. When things aren't so busy. Okay, let me go ahead and let you guys know. You probably know this because some of you have been parents a lot longer than, than I have. If you have kids, it's never not busy, right? Anybody ever? Busy is when they're gone, not busy, right? Not busy is when they're gone. When you have kids, it's busy. And so you may intend for church and their relationship with God to be a priority, but then you're gone all the time and there's this and this and this, and so we're never here. One day, I hope to be generous. And when I make more money, then I'll be generous. But for now, I'm going to spend all my money on myself, right? One day, I want to have a great relationship with God. I hope that I have a great relationship with God. I hope that I understand him bigger. I hope that my faith is bigger. And, and that's my intention one day. But for now... You know, I'm just going to sit at home and watch Netflix and do this and go golfing every Sunday and go to the lake. And so again, your intentions are here, but your direction is a different way. And so here's what you have to know about you as a human being. You are a unique human being. I'll give you that. But your story is not. And neither is your path. It's predictable. Your destination of where you're going to end up as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a, 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 a churchgoer, whatever language you want to use, is predictable based on the direction you're going. We can look at your life, and many people can observe it from an outside place, and they can tell you the destination because we've seen it over and over again. Intention doesn't mean anything when it compares to the direction that you're actually going. 
Around 900 BC, there's this guy named Solomon. You've probably heard of him. He's considered to be one of the wisest men to ever live. He's, he's the third king of Israel. He's the son of David, as in David and Goliath David. And, and, and he's considered to be one of the wisest men to live. The problem with him, and maybe you know people like this, is he's really wise on paper. He's like textbook wise, um, but he wasn't live out his own advice wise. And, and so what happens is he's great at giving everybody else advice. He doesn't follow any of his own advice. And the problem is that he continues to live a life like this, and the end of his story doesn't end well. But along the way, he writes this really important literature, uh, the Proverbs and several other books, and they're, they're extraordinary to read. It gives, give, gives great insight into the human condition, into who we are, and these little nuggets of truth that all of us can apply to our lives. Now, in the book of Proverbs, he writes all these little nuggets, but every once in a while, he kind of tells stories. Now, the story we're going to look at today, some believe that it was a true story. Some think it's more written like in the form of a parable, which is like a story with a, a bigger meaning. And I tend to lean in that camp. But regardless, he writes this story. And in this story, there's two characters, this little parable that he tells us. There's a young man, and then there's another character. Now, the other character, because when we read the story, you're going to think it's all about one choice. But the other character represents past that we choose and actually represents the temptations we face, not just this one choice that this young man's going to make. And Solomon reminds us in this story, this disconnect we often realize, um, and we don't realize sometimes, between our intentions and our destination. So he's going to tell us a story about a young man who thinks he's having a simple experience, a diversion, but it's actually a destination. It's a pathway in his life. Your direction determines your destiny. This is why it's not good enough just to have good intentions. Good intentions, in case you haven't realized, count for almost nothing when it comes to the choices we make in life. What you intend and what happens is two different things very often. So Solomon, he tells us this story, and here's what he says, starting in verse 6 of chapter 7. At the window of my house, so he's looking out in this story, and he's observing What's going on? And here's what I want to say about this is very often, and we talked about this last week or last series, um, it's easy to see this in other people. It's much harder to see it. You can tell all the flaws in every human being you ever met, right? You know exactly what they should do, all of the problems. So Solomon is observing from the window of his house and he looked down through the lattice. So he's got a perspective of this story that's happening. And here's what he says. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Now, we could stop the sermon right there, and you'd learn a lot. Um, kids are dumb, and so uh, they just are. And it's okay to say that because you were a kid, I was a kid, and we were dumb too. Um, kids, and this is, the I think, where we find ourselves in, is a lot of times, and maybe you know kids like this. I was a kid like this, so that's why I can say that. I thought I knew everything, right? We think we know everything. Young people think they know everything. They very rarely know anything. And the more they try to talk like they know everything, usually the dumber they sound. And so, um, so here's this kid. He doesn't have experience of life. He's not wise. He, he's this naive young man. And we're going to find out how naive he actually is. He goes on. Verse 8. He was going down the street near her corner. Now, all of a sudden, our second character is going to be introduced. And we're going to find out a lot about this her here in a second. But he's going down the street near her corner. He knows where he's going. Solomon knows where he's going, or whoever the narrator of this story is, the observer knows where he's going. He's walking along in the direction of her house. And there's our word, direction. He is going a certain way. 
which means as long as he continues in this direction, no matter how much he intended, he's going to end up at a destination. Verse 9, at twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night was setting in. So he's going at night. He's going when everybody's kind of calming down for the night, going to bed. Maybe nobody's going to notice where he's going. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. So this is kind of our first insight. He's not just talking about one woman because she can't be everywhere at once. He's talking about an idea. He's talking about the temptations we face. He's talking about this, this path that we all are tempted to take at time that gets us off of where we need to go. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, now before I read this next line, I need you to put earmuffs on if you're a kid, because this is about to get really risque, okay, for, for Bible language. This is, this is going to be a little R-rated, okay? This is, this is the line that she uses to seduce him, okay? Are you ready? Today I fulfilled my vows, and I have food for my fellowship offering at the home. I mean, that's, that's tempting, right? That was, that was pretty sexy, what she just said right there, right? Um, <laughs> So, so what is this talking about? So essentially, what we're, we're, there's this fellowship offering, and essentially what this is, is it's a religious ceremony. We don't know if it's Jewish or Canaanite, but, but here's what's going on. She's gone through, she's fulfilled her vows, she has some food from this fellowship offering she can offer him, because men love to eat, you know, and all this thing. And so essentially what's going on, what she's saying is, um, I'm good, I'm ready. And what she's really kind of saying, the underlining line is this, um, you know what? I'm not a bad person. I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do. You know what? And today I went and I, I did my thing. And so like I've emptied my sin bucket. So let's fill her right back up, you know? And so let's, let's just go along with this. And now she gets real personal. So because I've done this, now I've come to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think she was looking just for him? Or do you think she was looking for anybody that would have fulfilled this need that she has? See, here's the thing. He thinks he's special. He thinks, she looked for me. Oh my gosh, she found me. I am so special. And the narrator's thinking, no, you're an idiot. Like you, like this is what she does. The kid, this naive guy, is thinking, I'm one in a million. What an opportunity. And the narrator is thinking, no, you're one of a million. Like, this is not the first time she's done this. She continues, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon, which seems weird, right? Like, this seems kind of weird. So, so let me explain this to you. So essentially what you understand is this is a really big deal, and this is part of the seduction because it looks good. And now it smells good. And this is a huge deal in their, their culture because what you have to understand about ancient times that we don't fully appreciate is everything and everybody stunk, okay? It smelled bad. They did not have regular baths. They did not have toothpaste. They did not have deodorant. They did not have soap in the way that we think of it. So they had to cover smells up with different things. And the problem was only wealthy people could often afford to cover up these smells. And, and so essentially she's alluring to him. Um, and maybe you've done this. Have you ever been to places in the world I have where you smell them before you see them? 
Okay, and there are parts of the world that are still like that, where because of the, the, the environment and things going on in the culture, I mean, sometimes you smell things before you see them. And so everything's stunk. And so now all of a sudden, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, he thinks. She's looking for me. It looks good. It smells good. So if it looks good, it smells good. It's this opportunity. How could this possibly be wrong? How could this be bad? And so here's what she says. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. And then she reads his mind, which is not difficult at all at this point in the story. And here's what she says. My husband is not home. Uh-oh. She's got a husband. So this is, this, is, this is not good. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse Maybe that's why she's looking for a dude. Uh, she took his purse filled with money and will not come home until full moon. Now, that's a bad translation, the word purse there. Essentially, what it really translates is it's like a large bag. Essentially, he's taken money and he's gone on a trip. And he's not coming home anytime soon, which means nobody's going to catch us, which means you have nothing to worry about. It's dark, it's getting nighttime, nobody's going to see us, my husband's gone, nobody's going to know you're here. I mean, there's nothing to worry about, right? Let's get in, let, let's, let's do this thing, he's gone, there's no consequence. If we don't get caught, there's no consequence, if nobody knows, there's consequences. Let me ask you this, have you ever done something you weren't supposed to do? and you didn't get caught? The answer is yes, all right? How did you feel? Was there still a consequence? Absolutely, there was a consequence. For some of us, the consequence is, well, I didn't get caught, so I'm gonna keep doing it until one day you get caught. And so he's sitting there thinking, okay, there's nothing wrong. I mean, this is just an experience, you know. It's just, it's just this experience I'm going to have. And here's what he keeps telling us. With persuasive words, she led him astray. Which means whatever direction he was going, the intention of his direction has now changed. He's on a different path. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And all at once, he followed her. So whatever path he might have been on or thought he was going to be on, he is now not on that path anymore. And he's thinking, this is going to be awesome. And this is where the perspective of the narrator and the young man shift dramatically. And this is the part of your story where you think that what you're about to experience and what everybody else is seeing you experience is going to shift. He thinks this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He thinks this is amazing. There's going to be no consequences. It might cost him a little time and a little bit of money, but it's going to be great. So all at once, he followed her. And here's Solomon's perspective. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. 
To which our response is, Solomon, you're being a little dramatic here, aren't you? Like, it, it's not that bad to the slaughter. I mean, he's thinking this is going to be the greatest moment. This is perfect. This is the perfect scenario. It might cost me a little money. It might cost me a little time. But nobody is going to know this is perfect. And Solomon's like, no, man. You're about to take a path. You're about to go in a direction that's going to cost you. And this is the part of the story where the narrator kind of backs out of the parable. And he looks to the young men that he's teaching. And here's what he says, verse 24. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Because once you get into this path, whatever it is, it may not be a sexual thing. It might be who knows what it is, the path that we've strayed into. But it's a path. And every single path, just like every single road, has a predictable destination because that's the road it was created for. And he thinks it's a diversion. He thinks it's an experience. Verse 26. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her, her slain are a mighty throng. He's not one in a million. He's just one of the million that she's brought down. Now, we all get in trouble in life, and we all make bad choices. That was what this whole series was based on. And we all get into seasons where we realize that maybe we shouldn't have done something. And so at some point, we decide we need some help. And, and so what some of us do is we go and we see a counselor, or we go see a therapist, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I go see a counselor. I do lots of counseling. I think counseling is healthy. I think, I think the people that are dumb are the people that don't seek outside help or advice or a therapist or a counselor. But one of the things that happens a lot of times, and I've done this with my counselor, is, is sometimes when you go see a counselor or a therapist, you walk away and you have this feeling. You're like, man, they're so smart. Like they knew, it's almost like they knew what to say before I, like I even told them what was going on. They knew what to tell me. Do you know why good counselors and good therapists seem so smart to us? And we often think it's because they're educated or they've been doing it for a long time. But, you know, that's not why they're so smart or appear so smart. Do you know why a good counselor appears so smart? It's because you're predictable. And you go into a situation and you're talking to a good counselor or therapist and you're telling them your story, and you, listen, and I hate to tell you this, I hate to burst all your bubbles, but it's me too. You think you're so unique, and you are, but the situation you've got yourself into is not. Because every path has a predictable destination. And so you're sitting there, and you're telling them your problems, you know, and you're telling them what's going on, and, and they're sitting down there, and they're, they're writing notes, and you're like, man, they're not writing notes. They're writing their grocery list. They've heard this a million times before, right? Because we're so predictable as human beings. And part of the problem is this. When we go to get help, what we're looking for is a quick fix, aren't we? We're looking for just give me a book I can read or just give me a mantra I've got to say or just, you know, let me vent or tell me to go punch a punching bag or, you know, do whatever. And I just want a quick fix. But here's the problem. And every good counselor knows this and every good therapist knows this. There's no quick fixes. Because most of the time, what's really going on is you've got yourself on a path. 
And maybe it was a path that you felt like was forced upon you. Maybe it was a path that you felt like you didn't have a choice, but you're on a path. And what you need is a change of direction. And you can't always instantly do that. It's not an overnight thing. It's a process. Remember what I said at the beginning? Nobody gets lost intentionally. But what often happens is we're lost well before we know we're lost. And so we've got a lot of ground we got to make up. It's a pathway caused by us or caused by somebody else or the pain they've caused in our life. And so what are we going to do? And so Solomon, we're going to talk about this the rest of the month. Solomon tells these guys, he said, here's what you have to know sometimes about the choices we make. Here's what you have to know about some of these things. Here's what you have to know. Verse 27. Her house is a highway. No, her house is just a house. I just walked down the street. I went to her house. Her house is a house. No, her house is a highway. You are going in a direction And that direction is going to be wherever that highway is determined to go. It is predictable. Her house, that choice, you are on a highway, kid. And you are going in a direction that's going to lead you to a destination, whether you intended it or not. It's taking you somewhere. You are unique. But your experience and the path that you've chosen is not. And as long as you stay on that highway, I hate to tell you this, your destination is not unique either. It is predictable. And here's the sad thing. Some of us, we get on highways or paths, and like, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a voice that just would tell us we're on the wrong path? You you know when I'm driving and I, I, I turn down a wrong road, Siri goes nuts. She's like, reroute, reroute, turn around, do this, you know. She goes crazy. I have to mute her sometimes because I'm like, I know where I'm going. And she's like, no, you don't. (laughs) And here's the sad thing we're going to talk about this month too. Typically, there's been someone that's tried to tell you. There's been a friend or a counselor or a therapist or a pastor or a loved one. There's been someone that's been trying to tell you. Because remember, the whole point of the story is there's this guy and he's watching this all unfold. He knows what's going to happen. And he's trying to warn these other young guys not to do it because it's predictable what's going to happen. The problem with you and with me when it comes to the destination, when it comes to the direction, a lot of times is we just don't want to hear it. We just want to turn Siri down. And if there was only a voice that could tell us, the the reason we don't is because I don't want to hear it And sometimes you don't want to hear it. And more importantly, we don't want to see it. So the reason we're going to talk about this is because I don't want, and your heavenly father doesn't want, and you probably have loved ones in your life that don't want, and I hope you get to the point that you don't want to be a victim of the disconnect between your intentions and the direction that you're actually headed. Because at the end of the day, it's not your intention. It's your direction that determines your destination. Relationally, financially, professionally, and spiritually. So, if you're going to take a trip, 
What you need is some really good directions that's going to get you to the destination you want to go. Let's pray.